ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Thursday, July 6th. Welcome in to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. My name is Paul Swan. I'm going to be with you until 6 o'clock. And if you're new to the show, we do this every day, Monday through Friday. And we take your text to talk to you. 304-396-TALK. 304-396-8255. And that's how you can interact with me today. You can also find me on Twitter for the time being. I'm at Paul Swan. Now, something we were talking a little bit about yesterday, I'm just kind of curious how sports Twitter is going to evolve, if it's going to still be a thing. And I don't know how many of you are familiar with Instagram. I'm sure you are. You know what Instagram is. If you don't, it's a great app. It's powered by Meta, which is the parent company of Facebook. So it's a Facebook app. And it's really chill. A lot of Instagrams are people posting videos, pictures of themselves, a lot of influencers. There are lots of different nooks and crannies you can you can get into as far as what kind of accounts you can follow. You know, it's sort of where Facebook puts all of its ideas that it's I don't want to say borrowed from other platforms, but hey look, TikTok does this. Well, so does Instagram. Well, today, more specifically last night, Facebook, Meta, Instagram, wherever you want to label this, launched a Twitter competitor, and it's blowing up. And I commented to someone, this might be the thing that puts the nail in the coffin of Twitter too too soon. But if sports Twitter starts to gravitate towards this thing, it's called Threads, If sports Twitter starts to go there, I think it's going to pull in a lot of people because, let's be honest, for the majority of you, if you're using Twitter, you're probably using it for sports. That real-time conversation, that real-time interaction, something happens, a big play, we're watching the same event, and you can react if you're maybe not able to follow along listening to the Marshall game or watching it on TV. You're looking for updates. You know there are several members of the media at any given time following Marshall. I'm throwing updates up there. Luke Creasy's putting updates out there. You know, all the television stations, personalities are putting stuff out there. You know, Mark Martin and WCHS, you can follow those guys for stuff. Keith Morehouse, WSAZ, the TV guys are putting stuff out there. Cassidy Wood from Channel 13, and the list goes on. Chuck Landon, you can read some of his stuff. You know, we're all doing different things with it, and it's kind of kind of cool. Not one single person has sort of the everything you possibly need. It's different voices, and it's really cool. And it's fun to interact with people. We use it on the show as well. I'm at Paul Swan. I love reading your tweets, good or bad. Don't be afraid to say, hey, you know, I, I disagree with you and here's why. Be cool about it, but I'm never afraid to have that conversation. And it's fun, but it's not maybe the platform it used to be. So now sports Twitter might move over to this new platform. And I find that fascinating and interesting to see if that really happens, because I think sports ultimately is going to dictate where a big shift will 
go or not. If there's sports activity, if there's a huge audience that shifts eyeballs over to a different platform, and I think sports Twitter, that's what I'm calling it at least, with everyone that is on the platform, think about it. And sometimes I disagree, but a lot of athletic departments maybe have a Twitter-first policy. I like the good old-fashioned, here's a news update, here's an update on something we've done. I like that coming from normal channels first, not using Twitter as the only platform. I'm a little old school in that regard, but athletic departments have gone to social media trying to get their message out a little bit more. And so you're going to see athletic departments probably if a platform emerges as sort of a a new Twitter, you're going to see athletic departments move over. And the thing about this new platform is it already has a built-in audience because it's linked to your Instagram account. So keep an eye on that. It's called Threads, and you can find me there. You can link over to my profile on Twitter. I've got the link right there in my Linktree link, so you can find me there. It's interesting to see where this goes, where this might take us. Are we going to have to keep our eyes on two or three or four different platforms? How many of you are using Twitter during a ball game? How many of you are using Facebook? And I don't know if there are different platforms that maybe don't have as much of a following that you're using, but I would think you're using Facebook, you're using Twitter. Now do you have room for another app? Would you move over to a new app? When it comes to trying to follow along with your favorite teams, your favorite sportscaster, your favorite sports reporter, just that community. So I'm curious about that. You can text me 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Something else that I like tweeting about sometimes is Tavion Kinsey. He's pretty prolific on Twitter. And last night, NBA Summer League action, Philadelphia beat Utah. 104 to 94. Tavion Kinsey had six points for the Jazz, four of four from the free throw line, two assists, one rebound. And the Jazz are back at it, taking on the Grizzlies tonight, nine o'clock. So I'll be interested to see how much further Tavion progresses. I think when Tavion's out there, he's looked good. I like to see him be a little bit more aggressive, but at the same time, I think he's being a good teammate out there. If you watch him, he's trying to be a good teammate. I think I'd like to see Tavion be a little bit more, I'm going to take it. Not to the point where he's being a ball hog or he's trying to showboat or show someone up. I think he needs to be a little bit more of, hey, get me the ball. I hope he can do that. Again, this is early, but Summer League action has been fun so far to watch, and it's been cool to see Tavion Kinsey out there and get another chance at it tonight. The Jazz taking on the Memphis Grizzlies. That's coming up tonight, 9 o'clock. Baseball action. Dodgers beat the Pirates in the game that ended early in the morning. Went past 1 a.m. The broadcast, if you're listening right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930, the final game of the series is tonight, 10-10 in L.A. We'll have that game 
and you can listen to Pirates games all season long right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Atlanta beat Cleveland yesterday 8-1. The Guardians open up a home series with the Royals tonight 7-10. Following along with the Charleston Dirty Birds and Atlantic League play, York beat the Dirty Birds 3-0. The two teams will meet again tonight 6.30 p.m. in York, Pennsylvania. We'll get your text in this hour, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Got a lot to get into, some schedule updates for the Sun Belt. A couple of games are going to be broadcast on NFL Network. Not Marshall, but we'll talk about the games that were selected for the NFL Network. Also, we'll take a look at the Big 12 media preseason poll. How did the Mountaineers do in the new-look Big 12? What do the media members that are voting in this poll, what do they think of the Mountaineers? Did the Mountaineers get picked pretty high? Did they get picked maybe in the middle of the pack? Were they picked pretty low? Where were they picked? If you don't know, stick around. We'll tell you about it, and we'll talk about it as well. And I want to get into, if we can, Corey Dillon, former Cincinnati Bengals running back, expressing a little frustration and disappointment over not being recognized for the Bengals' ring of honor and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We'll talk about that, and we'll see if he's got a case. Is he right? Does he have a true beef? We'll get into that and your thoughts and comments as well on Twitter, while I'm still there, at Paul Swan. And, of course, our text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's sort of setting up the show. We'll take it further when we continue with you here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Thursday, July 6th edition. The Drive continues on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. My name is Paul Swan. Glad to have you along with me this hour. We open up our text line for you at 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. So Sun Belt, looking like a better league all the time, right? You look at Conference USA and you think, man, Marshall's avoided that one, didn't they? You, you look at it, you really look at it, and you go, okay, dodge the bullet there. Don't have to play on those weird nights. Television package isn't janky. You don't have those midweek games the way that the Mid-American Conference does. You can play most of your games on a Saturday. You can play college football when college football was meant to be played. It's all good. And you have some pretty good TV coverage as well. Maybe not the biggest or baddest package out there but you can watch herd football and sometimes you get to get on different networks and so the Sun Belt announcing today with the NFL Network that two football games Army at ULM and James Madison at Troy are going to be broadcast on the NFL Network in collaboration with ESPN now the Army at ULM non-conference game is going to take place on September 2nd while the conference opener between James Madison and Troy is scheduled for September 16th. And this is the second consecutive season that the Sun Belt has had games that have been on the NFL Network as part of its partnership with ESPN. 
So, pretty big deal, right? Pretty big deal. James Madison at Troy. That might be a pretty good matchup to showcase. If you're trying to put the best game possible out there, you want to showcase a game, you look at the schedule and you think, okay, James Madison, probably a lot of people will tune in for that, that are interested. Troy has got a pretty good name. And it's a conference opener. It's going to be a 7 p.m. kick. And the Army-ULM game is going to be played on September 2nd, 7 p.m. as well. I like these night games. I'm not going to lie. Either give me straight up noon, give me straight up noon, or give me give me a night game. I don't like the mid-afternoon games. I don't like the 3 or 4 o'clock games. and. I'd love to hear where you fall on that. But I'm going to straight up, if we're going to play this, let's kick it off at noon. Let's do that. Or we'll just go at 7. Noon games probably later on the season probably make more sense. Late games early on in the season, what do you think, make more sense? And I know there are a lot of issues. Hey, I got to travel. I want to get to the game. I got to travel. Noon doesn't work for me. I get that. I've always heard the, hey, we've got youth sports. We've got other things going on. And I get that as well. I absolutely get that as well because that is a big issue for a lot of people. There's a lot of activities going on throughout the day. Honestly, this is a pretty good deal. The Sun Belt television package I think is going to be as the years progress going to be more and more advantageous for Marshall absolutely going to be advantageous for Marshall and to be honest with you I hope that the league continues to be able to showcase some of the best games across the platforms when you look at some of the matchups that are going to be on major TV Already, most of the games are going to be on ESPN+, and that's not bad. That's not bad. And we know some of the schedule's already out, but you're trying to come up with some marquee games. You've got the midweek game. Don't forget the midweek game. You've got several Tuesday and Thursday games, but it's not something that the whole league is doing. There's a Thursday game on September 21st. It's Georgia State at Coastal Carolina. That should be a good game. And then Coastal's got a game at App on Tuesday, October 10th. So good on Coastal for taking those games. And then there's a Tuesday game. It's October 17th. It's Southern Miss at South Alabama, and that should be a fun matchup. Of course, you all know the Thursday matchup between James Madison at Marshall. That's going to be on October 19th. And then the rest of those Midweek matchup so far, Thursday, October 26th, it's going to be Georgia State at Georgia Southern. Hey, that makes sense. What do you know? The two in-state schools are playing each other. It's going to be on ESPN2. And then the game on November 2nd, that's a Thursday, it's going to be South Alabama at Troy. That should be a pretty big game there. 
and then Southern Miss at Louisiana. Should be fun. That's a Thursday, November 9th game. So there are some opportunities here for some primetime exposure. This just adds to it a little bit more with the NFL Network. And honestly, when this was announced for Conference USA, it came late in the game because all the media partners are already picked. And then so you saw some really low-key games featured on the NFL Network because all the better games already got picked before that package came. And then it really didn't help the Thundering Herd any because Marshall was on different networks. Marshall would be on a network that you're screaming at me. I can't find the game, Paul. But yet here's a really bad game featuring two Conference USA teams that maybe don't at this point warrant that exposure. You want to try to put your best game possible I'll be blunt, there were some bad games from Conference USA on the NFL Network. These don't sound like bad games. Also, you're getting Army. That's a big thing there. That's another reason why you're getting this game, Army. Army is college football. Army is what I wish college football could be across the board. It's just steeped in tradition, history, heritage. But yet, I've seen some of the renderings. They're trying to improve their facilities as well. Army's actually putting a lot more into their college game day experience, and I think that's great. So, so interesting matchups here, the Sunbelt Conference. And with the release, Sunbelt reminds us that every Sunbelt home game will appear on an ESPN platform. They've been doing this for 12 consecutive years. 12 years. That's pretty good that you can say to someone coming into your school, hey, look, all of our home games are going to be on ESPN somewhere. ESPN or ESPN spinoff channel, ESPN Plus, we're going to be on some platform, some outlet on the platform. That's pretty good. And then you throw this in with the NFL Network. And they're looking for good matchups as well. And that's what I like about the Sun Belt. I really haven't seen too many maneuvers with the television that just goes, okay, that's a terrible game. Why is that one getting featured? And I hate to say that. There are going to be some games and matchups that just don't make sense. On Thursday night, I'm looking for a ball game. I don't think I'm going to watch that now. With that said, we don't know how the season's going to progress. Some of the teams we think are going to be really good might not be. Some of the teams that we think are going to be terrible might be really good. Hopefully Marshall's in the really good spot. I know we talked a little bit about it yesterday. I found some spreads. I found some betting spreads. Some of you were curious as to why some of the spreads were really high and why some of the spreads were a little bit more manageable. If you follow me on Twitter, I went ahead and posted those numbers, those spreads. So if you want to go and look at them, and again, these are just some of the odds that are out there. If you're putting money down, don't necessarily base it off what you see now. This is some early lines. Again, I would trust the numbers as we get closer to the start of the season as far as what Vegas actually thinks, and we're still a few weeks off. A lot of things can happen. 
So if you're interested in those numbers, you can find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. I've posted those digits, and you can tell me what you think about some of those spreads. And again, it's only one set of numbers. There are more out there, so this isn't definitely the, this is not the gospel. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's our number. Be a part of today's edition of The Drive. We'll take a look at how the Big 12 media preseason poll shook out for the West Virginia Mountaineers. And a little bit later on, we'll talk about one of the all-time greats, or at least he should be one of the all-time greats of Cincinnati Bengals football, and that's former Bengals running back Corey Dillon. He's a little frustrated on how things are shaking out. Maybe he's not getting his due. We'll talk about it when we continue on this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back. It's the Thursday, July 6th edition. Drive is on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our text line this hour is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. I'm still hanging out on Twitter. You can find me there, at Paul Swan. Big 12 media preseason polls out. Where the Mountaineers end up in this brand new league? There are 14 teams in this Big 12 I'll go top to bottom, keep you in suspense. I can say this with certainty, that West Virginia is not on the top. You knew that coming into this. So let's go ahead and tell you, number one in the Big 12 football media preseason poll is Texas. Texas got 41 first-place votes and 886 points. Kansas State came in second. That 14 first-place votes, a good job there, 858 points. So a lot of people are high on Texas and Kansas State. And then Oklahoma picked up four first-place votes, came in third with 758 points. Texas Tech picked up four first-place votes and comes in number four, not that far from Oklahoma, 729 points. So that's a solid top four right there, Texas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Texas Tech. Throw in TCU that picked up three first-place votes to be number five with 727 points, and that's a solid top five right there in the Big 12. Some familiar names. Now the new guys are really getting that much love as we go down the list. Number six, and Baylor's always going to be in the conversation, I think. They come in at number six. They got 572 points. Oklahoma State is seventh, but they did pick up as a program, one first-place vote, 470 points is their tally. Then newcomer, UCF, coming in at number eight. And that might take a little while for a program like UCF, which fancies itself a national champion several years ago, to take that distinction. Picked eighth by the media, 463 points. And then Kansas comes in at number nine. 461 points. Not the bottom. Kansas, that's pretty respectable. I'd like to see Kansas a little higher here in the next few years. I really like Kansas. I want to see Kansas. I want to see Kansas contend in football. I really would get a kick out of that if that was uh, something that could happen. And then we go down the rest of the list. 10 through 14. Iowa State is 10th. 334 points. 
BYU is 11th, 318 points. Then there's Houston. Houston is 12th, 215 points. Not a lot of love there. Cincinnati comes in 13th with 202 points. So Houston, Cincinnati, not getting the love. I think Cincinnati might rank a little higher. Honestly, I would think Cincinnati might be able to make an argument. It deserves to be a little higher. However, we'll see how this shakes out. So number 14, if you haven't guessed by now, number 14 with 129 points, West Virginia. So the Mountaineers, according to the voting members of the media preseason poll, come in dead last. No one in the league expects them really to do well. And so this is predicted order of finish. Texas being the top team, West Virginia being the bottom team. Is that a fair assessment of West Virginia football, or is that an accurate reflection of where Mountaineer football is right now? Where Mountaineer football is, that West Virginia can't overcome whatever it is, the stigma of not having a good team, the poor outlook, but Cincinnati comes in, newcomer, Cincinnati's picked 13th, Houston's 12th, BYU is 11th, Iowa State is 10th. So if you're a Mountaineer fan right now, how do you swallow that? The media, not by much, but the media at least, regards Cincinnati better than you? Well, the media regards everyone better than West Virginia right now in the Big 12. But Cincinnati, Houston, BYU, Central Florida. Years ago, you would have laughed at me if I told you that Central Florida was regarded higher than West Virginia. You would have laughed at me. And now here we are. They're picked eighth. Can they beat the Mountaineers? Well, we'll find out. We'll see how all this shakes out here as the seasons progress here. Is West Virginia going to be a perennial bottom dweller in this league once it all gets shook out? Or is this just a huge, huge roadblock blip on the radar for West Virginia football. Where do you think that they should be? Is this right? Did the Mountaineers get picked right? Does the media have their finger on the pulse? They know what's up? Or is this just a gross miss on the part of the people voting for this poll? Text lines 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Wouldn't it be funny? Texas and Oklahoma, one and two. Ultimately, when this thing is over, Texas and Oklahoma leaving on top. And did you honestly think that a school like Cincinnati, that's had some success over the years, which I don't know if 13 is fair to them, but they're ranked ahead of the Mountaineers, and so is Houston, and then so is BYU. Now, BYU, they're good and they're not. So I can take that. 11th is fine. Iowa State's 10th, though. and Kansas. At one point, you would have laughed at me if I said, you know what, Kansas is higher regarded than West Virginia. I'm not talking Kansas State. But Kansas, higher regarded than West Virginia. So is this a reflection on the talent that the Mountaineers have or 
how the administration, how the football department, how Neil Brown, how this team is run, and there's really no confidence. Now, again, this is not a coach's poll. I want to qualify this. Coaches might have a different opinion. Coaches would have a different opinion, but this is this is media, and I would think that would include members of the media that follow Cincinnati, Houston. Cincinnati would be familiar with West Virginia. Houston maybe familiar with West Virginia. You think the media that follows Central Florida? By the way, don't call them Central Florida. Mountaineer fans, do not call UCF Central Florida. They will not like you. They are UCF. You do not refer to them as Central Florida. Never, ever. You be courteous fans to Central Florida by not calling them Central Florida. They are UCF. And you've been told now. You've been told they don't like it. Don't call them that. They will get mad at you. 304-396-TALK is our text line. 304-396-8255. So, did they get it right? Did they figure it out? Did the media stack them all? Is this the perfect order of finish for the Big 12? Or are we in store for a few shakeups and surprises? You tell me. Again, our text line is 304-396-TALK. 304-396-8255. Final segment's coming up. Your text and tweets as well when we continue on this edition of The Drive. ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Final segment of today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Have you found the podcast yet? And some of you have, but there are some of you haven't, so let me help you right now. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Or if you do that YouTube thing, we actually post the audio. It's sort of a hack. We don't video this show. We're going to talk to management in the future. We're going to get a full camera spread in here. That's now not a reality because, well, we're a radio station, so we don't do video. But I do post it on YouTube. You can find it just by looking for me. Uh, I will post the link. I think I've got it in my Twitter bio. I have a link tree, which tells you all the places you can find stuff. So uh, check that out. I'll get to you the link if you don't know where it's at. But we're everywhere. Wherever you want to listen to the show, we've got you covered. So you can also follow the show. I know some are hitting the subscribe button. Don't be confused. Not charging money. But you've got options. So thanks for all of you that listen to the show. Maybe not live, but if you do it on your time, I appreciate it just as much. Our text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Corey Dillon, one of my favorite Bengals of all time. He's one of the greats, and if he could have stayed with the Bengals, his numbers with the Bengals would even be greater but he moved on, won a Super Bowl with the Patriots, which was great for him. But he's expressed some frustration and disappointment on not being recognized for the Bengals' ring of honor and 
really not getting enough push or consideration for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He is, after all, the Bengals' all-time leading rusher. He has, as a Bengal, 8,061 yards. His numbers are comparable to those that have already been inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was consistent, and he emphasized this a lot. He was being interviewed, and he just let it come out. He spoke up for himself, and I'm good with that. You should speak up for yourself. I'm not going to come out and flex on you and tell you how great I am, but I will stand up for myself. And so he stood up for himself. He's feeling a little slighted, to be honest with you, and he's a really damn good running back, to be quite honest. He's never been a semifinalist for the Hall of Fame. And he also feels like he's getting overlooked in the Bengals' ring of honor voting process. He expressed in the interview that he he thinks that the voting process for the ring of honor is unfair, and he expressed his frustration at not being recognized for his contributions to the team. He also came out, he, he said this, he suggested that his vocal nature, which he has been vocal, and his championship win with the New England Patriots might have played a role in his exclusion from recognition. So he's pushing basically to say, look, he's the Roman Reigns of former Bengals football players now. He is yelling almost acknowledge me, if you know what that means. If you're not following WWE, guess what? You're missing out. You're absolutely missing out. But I, I, I digress. But that's where he's at right now. He's yelling, acknowledge me, pretty much. He wants to be acknowledged for his Hall of Fame candidacy. He wants that to be taken seriously by the voters. He's had some personal issues. I'm not going to go into them here. But he's had some personal issues. He He's not trying to run away from those issues. He, he admits that, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect. None of us are. And guess what? He pointed out as well, he didn't like the process. You know, season ticket holders, people who are spending money with the Bengals get a vote in the process. Any place that wants its fans to feel involved will do something similar. Have them involved in the process. Corey is like, what the hell do they know? Absolutely. Pretty much coming out and expressing that. Because there are people who are season ticket holders maybe have never seen Corey Dillon play. Now, I'm a long-suffering Bengals fan. I know he was one of the greats. And I don't know if the Bengals need to lobby for him. And should a ring of honor, should a ring of honor be dictated by the fans or should a ring of honor be something that is looked at objectively? Should there be an outside entity still involved with the the franchise? Should there be an outside committee that maybe looks at this every year and says, okay, these are the players that should go up? Or should ownership just basically rule the iron fist and say, look, we're going to put this person up. This is who's going next in our arena honor. Now, if you go the committee route, you could have people that, Maybe have been around a little longer, have seen these players play. They can take a serious look at this. But 
I'm going to be honest with you. There's probably a lot of politicking going on. doesn't matter if you have objective voices, supposedly outside voices. In any committee, there's going to be some politicking going on. Absolutely. How do you think Hall of Fames work sometimes? There are people who are sincere. They want to honor people who deserve to be there. And there's a lot of politicking sometimes. You know, well, why should this person be in? Why should this person not be in? I mean, it's not like cash is, uh, I'm not insinuating that, you know, it's a normal practice or cash is uh, changing hands here. But, yeah, I don't know if that's going to ultimately be the solution to hand it off to someone else and let them objectively look at the numbers and look at the impact, you know, have a, a team historian, maybe have someone who has been in the media a long time, has covered the Bengals, have them on your committee. You know, do you have fans involved with something like this? I don't know if that's going to be the answer, but does he have a legitimate beef? I think numerically, statistically, he's got an issue here. He has got a genuine issue. But at the same time, he was a fantastic running back, but was he a beloved running back? That's a question. I've learned over the years, I learned, honestly, you have to be a better person. I'm not trying to incriminate myself here by saying I was not a better person, but I've learned that you got to be a better person sometimes. You got to put your problems aside sometimes and, you know, remember that the person across from you has got problems too. So be better, right? I mean, that's just something, you know, we as we as we grow, we we learn as we mature. I mean, was Corey Dillon someone that you loved? Is there someone really stepping up and saying, "Hey, you know what? Corey's getting a, getting a raw deal here." Is that happening? Is there someone to step up for Corey? And maybe that's part of the problem here. No one's really stepping up for him. Maybe the fans are like, you know, great guy, not 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 our guy though. We're not backing him. Text line, one final text came in. This is in regard to the Big 12 media preseason poll. Any poll that places the ears in last place is music to our ears. I see what you did there. That's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back with you tomorrow right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. In the meanwhile, if you missed any part of today's show, you can go back and listen on our podcast. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. It's on several podcasting platforms. Wherever you get your podcasts is where you're going to find it. Also, on YouTube, if you use YouTube a lot, it's not video, but... We found a way to put the audio up, and there's a really cool-looking wave. It's video, but it's not actually video. You know what I'm saying? you got plenty of ways to follow the show. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan. And I look forward to talking to you. That's going to do it for this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Have a great night, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington. This is your radio home for Pittsburgh Pirates baseball, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.